Welcome to A Magical Life, Health, Wealth and Weight Loss. I'm your host, Magic Barclay, Lead Practitioner at Holistic Natural Health Australia and number one best-selling author. In this podcast, I aim to give you practical tips on how to accelerate and sustain your health, increase your financial, spiritual and emotional wealth and to look at something that haunts many of us needlessly, weight loss. In some episodes, I'll have guests available to give you even more tips, but in others, the floor is yours. Drop us a line at A Magical Life Podcast on Facebook and let me know what you would like to know more about. Now, sit back and enjoy because it is time for you to create and truly discover a magical life. Welcome to A Magical Life, Episode 2. I'm here with the lovely Sarah Decker from Subito Media. Now, I did mention in the pilot that I had a podcast genius coming on, and here she is. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. So, uh, a little bit about how we met. We met in a lovely new Facebook group, and uh, I was mentioning in Podcast 1, which was titled When Life Gets in the Way, that I put off doing my podcast because I didn't know how to edit it. And then up popped this lovely lady, Sarah, who goes, I can do that. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I love doing that. Great. If I could, I would, I would just mess with sounds on my computer all day long. Okay, let's put that out there. <laughs> so tell yeah. us a little bit about yourself, Sarah. Well, I am a wife and mom to an almost eight-year-old. Don't tell her she's seven. She is almost eight. This is important. <laughs> I have uh, several music degrees. I started out with a bachelor's in music composition and French horn performance double. And I had started before that with music education, figured out I didn't want to do that forever and switched. And then by the end of my undergrad, I decided that I wanted to pursue composition and writing music. So then I went to Chicago and got into the first class of music composition for the screen, Master of Fine Arts. And the end of that took us out to LA where we did a bunch of really awesome things. And then because there were no jobs, I had to come home and I've been job hopping ever since. I just recently decided to pursue my music again I've been teaching uh, some some public public school music and in daycares, but I wanted to pursue the technical side of music the way we learned to in my master's, and I landed on podcast management, and I really like it. It's a lot of fun. That's terrific. Well done, you. So lesson in life there few things were thrown at you and you just followed your passion that is brilliant I lost track for a while there I was feeling like my skills weren't worth anything except for expensive student debt (laughs) (laughs) I know there's a lot of people out there feeling that same thing but there's there's a way there is a way it probably won't be the way you're looking for 
but there's something, there's a way to turn it into a living. That's great. So what do you think spurred you on to turn that into a living? What was the intuition and the inner knowing? Last summer, I fell into some website design projects for a local nonprofit. I started with my mom's church, which was also my daughter's school. She did first grade there, and I was also working there in the summer at their uh, day camp for kids. And I noticed somewhere, I think it must have been in the minutes that they had allocated funds for a new website. And then I just kind of kept my ear to the ground and I was, and I just asked them, so who's doing the website? And they say, well, we don't know. We haven't found anybody yet. I said, oh, well, I'll do it. Okay. So (laughs) I just kind of, that just kind of fell in my lap. And, uh, and at that point, I realized that working for myself as an entrepreneur could be viable. It could actually work. And what did that um, feel like for you? It was really confusing and empowering because it's against everything that I've been fighting for and that I was taught like my whole life, you know, the whole you got to go to school and you got to get your degree in something you can get a job in. And then you got to stay in that job and you get the benefits and you get the retirement and you get business and, and you have to work harder to get farther. And none of that was working. And I knew it wasn't working, but I didn't know what else to do until I found a way to work for myself, set my own price. And now I'm wishing I had asked for more because there was no pushback whatsoever on the price I asked. So (laughs) now I'm kind of kicking myself for that. And then um, I got another website design project from a referral after doing that one. And then I got into some entrepreneur groups on Facebook to try and figure out if like website design was where I really wanted to focus or if there was something that was better in line with the skills I already had instead of trying to learn something new. I'm not a website designer. I had taken a few programming courses on and off throughout my life. So I was able to figure it out, but it's not really, you know, that's not my zone of genius. So I I found a coach and she helped me dig into what I'm really good at and what I really want to do. And Because she is affluent herself, she knows of a lot of people who have podcasts who pay for it to be edited and managed. So we just set into that because I already have all the software. I know how to work with audio. I know how to write original music for these things. And it just sort of fell into place that way. Now, what I'm going to say is going to sound a bit woo-woo to the listeners, but uh, I'm a big believer in put it out there and it will happen. I put it out there that I really wanted this podcast going and you popped up. Seems like you Mm -hmm. put it out there to this coach and all of a sudden something that you wanted to do and passionate about popped up. Yeah. It's hard to get past that mindset piece. Yeah, because I I had that too. I'm like, oh, that's just coincidence. Oh, nothing is this good. You know, it's too good to be true. It's not going to work out. I'll 
those kinds of things. But as soon as I turned my thinking around, like, of course, this is going to work. I love that, Sarah. That is great. So, yeah, message out there to everyone. If you want something, put it out there. You never know who can help you get there. You never know what self-inspiration you're going to get by just putting it out there. I did ask you, I, I send all my podcast guests the same three questions. I get really interesting answers back. And I did ask you, um, what can your expertise do to accelerate health, emotional, spiritual, and physical? Now, I absolutely love, I'm going to read out what you wrote here. I love it. And then I want you to explain it to the listeners. You said there's always something you can do with your passions to create the life you want. Don't dilute yourself to fit into the mold. Do you want to explain that a little bit to us? That goes on uh, what I was saying before. When I, when I was going to college, I started out with music education because that's what you do to make a living as an artist. You go be a teacher. You know, that's just what you do because that's the job for artists. Yeah. And if you don't have that job, then you're destined to be a starving artist for your whole life. And I, I didn't want that. I tried to find a new way through schooling to do that that wasn't just teaching in uh, public school. And that didn't really work out either. But what I kept doing was I kept listening to others when they were telling me that I couldn't make a living at this you know I was listening to them say that and it was digging deep into me that my skills are something that I'm good at and I enjoy but no one's ever going to pay for it like nobody wants this skill it's great that I have it but nobody wants it negative self-talk going on there at the time oh yeah for years years so then I just kept taking whatever job I could get getting a new certification for each one. I did end up going back and finishing my music education degree. So I have a teaching certificate and I will be teaching again in the fall, but I'm happier with that arrangement than I was previously. (laughs) What I ended up having to do was look at my skills differently, look at different ways that they can be used that aren't in the same path as I would have expected. Because with my master's in music composition for the screen, we expected at the end of that, when we had our internships, that some of that would turn into jobs, like at the studios out in LA. Those of us who worked at the studios, none of us got jobs. Wow. Those of us who worked directly with composers, not expecting to get jobs, just wanting the experience of working with composers. Most of them are still working with them now, 12 years later, and I'm seeing their names in the credits. We expected that those of us with an internship at the studios would turn into like a studio internship job just, you know, because you're already in the door and that's where the jobs are. But that's not how it worked at all. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, it was, it was very strange. So then in trying to pursue that career, that specific career, it ended up being that you had to know the right people, which is cliche, I know, but you have to know the right people who can recommend you to people who have projects 
and you have to do a bunch of work for free to build up your portfolio so that you have something to show when you're doing your own networking. And I just never was able to dedicate the time it was going to take to build up my portfolio to be able to have something to show. Yeah. So what I had to do, and my coach Kat helped me through this, is I had to release my expectation that my degree could only be used one way. That I have these skills, but we can use them in another way that is fulfilling a need somewhere else, somewhere that I didn't see. So if you can get yourself a good coach, do it. Because <laughs> she like completely blew my mind, but it was still worth it. Because I never would have ever thought that I could do podcast management. It just never would have occurred to me. And I think a lot of people don't realize what a coach can do. They're not there yeah. to tell you how to live your life. They're there to help you uncover what you already know, but might just be missing. Right. And they're there to hold you accountable. When you yep. say you're going to do something, they're going to check up on you. Yeah, I do that with some of my clients. I actually get them to text me every day an intention. And if they miss a day for 60 days, they have to start again. And it just keeps them accountable to going, okay, this is actually what I want in my life. I have to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And you said about not diluting yourself to fit into the mold. Yeah, I feel like I'm diluting myself by going in with more teaching. Like I like teaching. I like having a music classroom. I like working with kids. But it's not where my true skills are. It's not where my heart is, really. So I feel like I'm kind of watering myself down to fit the expectation that, oh, I'm a musician. I should go be a music teacher. And you know what? Women especially, we do this in all parts of our life. We do it as partners, as mothers, as, uh, as professionals. We do it socially. We lose sight of who we are. It's just, it's one of those nurturing characteristics that are innate in us but we let yes. it count against us all too often. Yes. Wow. Cool. So my next question to you was, what are your top three tips to create wealth, personal, financial, and emotional? And I think you got out of this question uh, by saying you were struggling with this, but you've just told us so much about your emotional wealth and how you've grown that to start doing podcast managing. What other tips would you have about, creating wealth the biggest thing I've had to fix with my own mindset and mindset is 100% what's getting in my way right it's all just in my head the number one thing that I had to do which is very hard to do especially for women is when you announce that you've done something whether or not you're proud of it There's always this little sentence at the end that says, it may not sound like much, but, or it's little, but, or they're not paying me yet, but. That's part of what we call the imposter syndrome. So many, many people suffer from the imposter syndrome. My hand's up in the air right now. Um, And that is where we have that underlying voice going, yeah, but you're really not doing this yet or, you know, you shouldn't go and and chase what you want because, you know, you've got to have some steady income. I mean, 
you know, you're being a bit of an imposter to yourself thinking you're all that. And we all have that imposter syndrome. It's how you allow that to influence you is really the key, as you said, with your mindset. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of mindset work, trying to get over that, learning how to just stop before that sentence comes out, yeah. not giving it any credibility whatsoever. Right. That is great. And we also talk about weight loss on this podcast. Now, I said in uh, the pilot that weight loss is a symptom. Um, it's a label. But it's something that we quite often struggle with. Um, and you said that you've yo-yoed with your weight. What was the turning point there for you? I think I've always had self-image issues. My mom dieted all through my childhood and I watched it. We were, you know, we drank only skim milk for a while. She was on... Um, South Beach diet for a while. She did slim fast. She tried everything and she convinced me that I needed to do Jenny Craig when I was in high school. And looking back, I did not need that. Yeah. I was 150 pounds when we started. And, you know, for a high schooler, okay, that's a little heavy. I got down to 135 and I felt great. But I think that kind of set me up for, you know, even when I'm young and still growing, I should still be smaller. So for a long time, I, I struggled with that and trying to not hate myself at the same time, because I don't know if it's the, the genetics or what, but, you know, the, the weight just likes to stick on my whole family. There's, there's nobody in my blood relatives that are thin except for my aunt and she's I think she's been working on it her whole life right very very active and the rest of us are just we're just heavy we're heavy people right so when I was pregnant with my daughter I I gained too much weight apparently and the doctor was like jabbing about it as she was stitching me up after birth wow that's nasty. Like, don't gain so much weight next time as she's stitching me up. Oh, great bedside manner like, there. And it just made me so mad. And especially because, you know, within three or four weeks, all of that weight came off because it was all just baby and water. Yeah. It was too much according to, you know, how much I should have gained. But I, there was a lot of swelling and it all came right off and I was able to get back into my jeans. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to rub that in the doctor's face, like, excuse me. <laughs> Have you noticed my jeans? Look how great I look. <laughs> right? <laughs> I love that. But yeah, um, after that, I did pretty good when I was staying home with my daughter. I had some exercise plans and I was cooking good meals. But then when I went back to work, uh, my first job back was delivering mail. And it was extremely stressful for the first two months or so because I had to learn the routes and if you don't get back to the post office by this certain time then the outgoing mail you've collected doesn't get on the truck and it doesn't go out and you're in big trouble 
Wow. So, so our posties here in Australia are very lucky. They just have to deliver. They don't have to collect. Oh, that would be easier. Because of the stress, the first couple of weeks, I, I didn't even have time to take a lunch break because I was just running and running and running and running. And I went from being home and exercising a little bit to all of a sudden walking five miles a day at a fast clip, carrying heavy packages and not eating lunch. So my metabolism just tanked. I immediately gained 15 pounds of leg muscle just from all that. And my milk dried up because I was trying, you know, I was nursing her before I went back to work, but my milk dried up immediately. I wasn't even able to pump. Ever since then, like I, I tried to exercise some more, but I just would get so mad at myself for letting it get this far. The scale that we had was the same one I had when I was growing up and it finally broke Yay. and I just never replaced it. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't have a scale. I never replaced it. But ever since then, I've been the exact same weight every time I go into the doctor. Yeah. So stress, stress so. really is like the killer for, for gaining weight. The more you yeah. stress about it, the more stress you have in your life the heavier you are going to get. I mean, it, it's absolutely astounding why people just don't address the stress first. Right. Because wanting to be down to a certain size is adding stress. Yeah. So the more I worried about it, the more I gained, the more I would try harder to lose. I'd get a little bit down, I'd plateau, and then I'd get mad at myself and stress out some more. And then I'd gain more back than I had in the first place. Yeah. So what would you say is more important, the number on the scale of your weight or how you feel? Absolutely how you feel. Yeah. Number on the scale doesn't really mean anything because it it doesn't account for muscle density. It doesn't account for your height. It doesn't account for an inflammatory issue that's not fat. Yep. But just inflammation in the body, it doesn't account for any of those things. So the, exactly. the scale is a liar. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And something it took me a long time to learn was when people judge you for your weight, again, they have no idea what's internally going on for you. And right. listening to the peanut gallery about your weight is the most stupidest thing you could do. You have to listen to mm-hmm. yourself. Right. And I had to learn to trust myself. For sure. Well, Sarah, it's been fascinating talking to you. One thing that the listeners could maybe take away from this, whether it's following your intuition, your your career dream, or just listening to yourself, what would be your, your pearl of wisdom? Listen to your body, because if you feel like you're getting drained, and burnt out and worn out, you are, and you need to rest. And if that means saying no to some things, if that means taking more naps, if that means planning your meals better, whatever it is, listen to what your body is telling you. That is great. Now, Sarah, people can find you at Subito Media, that's S-U-B-I-T-O, media 
on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, you have a Facebook group called Amplify Your Podcast and you have yep. a freebie. Tell us about the freebie. Yep. I, I am a freebie junkie. I will freely admit that right now. <laughs> Nothing there's wrong a freebie. With that. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a freebie or a free webinar or a free consultation call, sign me up. <laughs> Love it. So, because I've consumed so many freebies, I decided to put my own together to bring together more of the gold tips for getting your podcast started. So my freebie is a podcast launch workbook. And just today, uh, I guess it was about six hours ago now, I went live on my personal page and I shared it to my business page, Subito Media, and into my Facebook group, walking through that workbook. I love it. Now that workbook is at bit.ly, so bit.ly slash potty, P-O-D-D-Y, workbook. Thank you, Sarah from Subito Media. Amazing woman. And I'm very proud to say my podcast manager. <laughs> I love I'm this. I'm so excited. Yay. <laughs> and uh, thank you again for your time. I, I know there's a bit of a time difference. Sarah and I have been playing with the time differences and trying to work out where we are and what day it is and all that sort of thing. So thank you very much for, for coming on today. And uh, wishing you all the best with um, the podcast management and chasing your dreams. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thanks again, uh, Sarah, for coming. Now, everyone, if you listen on for episode three, I have another fabulous guest, Karen, coming up. And Karen will be teaching us in episode three about being a female entrepreneur and uh, go forth and create your magical life. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to hear future episodes, leave a review, and share this podcast. You can follow us on Facebook at A Magical Life Podcast or at Holistic Natural Health Australia. That's holistic with a W. You can find us on Instagram at Holistic Natural Health or at www.holisticnaturalhealth.com.au. That's where you'll access all sorts of articles, freebies and more.